let's uh, let's get going here. Welcome to Wake Up to the Word. We're coming to you from the bowels of the Barksdale Communication Complex. We're so glad you're here joining us for Old Testament Thursday. Yeah, we're glad you're here. We got rookies. We got I'm really rich. Yes, Mr. President, thank you very much. We are rich in the word. And uh, if you're just joining us for the first time, we're so glad you're here as we walk through the Bible with Wake Up to the Word. We know that the Word is Jesus Christ. He is the Word. We have the written Word, the Bible, and the living Word, who is Christ. And they are intricately... Wow. Yeah, that was a good dog. They are intricately woven together. That's long booze. I don't know if I like that one. So, um, But we have our Bible reading plan that you can follow along. You can either go to wakeuptotheword.org and uh, fill out the uh, Bible reading plan, and I will email it directly to you. Or you could go to the Jeff's Stack of Stuff on Wake Up to the Word, uh, .org, and uh, the reading plan, the Bible reading plan quarterly is changed each quarter, so you can have the reading plan. So we are in the last week of the second quarter of 2023, and so we just started in January, so we're halfway through this year. We got two quarters in, and the new quarter starting July 1st is right there on your on the uh, Jeff's stack of stuff and you can download your very own copy and print it out and it looks something like this and uh, as I said we were in the last week of June do I have the right one I do last week of June my spectacles are right here I want to make a spectacle of myself and we have Deuteronomy 7 through 14 for our reading today. And our coffee for the week, I am still uh, nursing my way through Newman's Best. This is really good stuff, and we got a whole bunch of it. So um, next week, we'll probably have a new coffee. But Newman's Best, uh, go ahead and try it out. It's very, very good. Yes, thank you very much for coming. And let's get into the word. Let's get ready to rumble. All right, here we go. Uh, <clears throat> we got uh, chosen people, and we start off really interestingly already because uh, there's a whole lot of destruction that's going to happen. So let's start right off at seven. When the Lord your God brings you into the land that you are entering to take place, they're going into the promised land. Uh, uh, and clears away many nations before you, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Armorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, the seven nations more numerous and mightier than you. And when the Lord your God gives them over to you and you defeat them, then you must, remember this term, we've talked about this again, Devote them to complete destruction. You shall make no covenant with them and show no mercy to them. You shall not intermarry with them. 
giving your daughters to their sons or taking their daughters for your sons, for they would turn away your sons from from following me to serve other gods. Then the anger of the Lord would be kindled against you and he would destroy you quickly. I'm going to keep going because the the rest of this is important too. It says, but thus shall you deal with them. You shall break down their altars, dash into pieces their pillars, chop down their asherim, burn their carved images with fire. For you are a a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession. Out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth, it was not because you were more in number than any other people that set that the Lord set his love on you and chose you for you were the fewest of the people but it is because the Lord loves you and is keeping the oath that he swore to your fathers that the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery from the hand of Pharaoh king of Egypt all right lot there that's just the first part of of chapter 7 but we've talked about this, that this, the third rebellion was the sons of God. No, sorry, the second rebellion was the sons of God coming down to the, uh, to the daughters of men, marrying them, having children with them. And the results before and after the flood, they did this. The results are this intermingling with people. And the results are this genetic rebellion from God that's mixed with hu- humanity. And God is devoting them to destruction. He is getting back to people the way he created people to be. Not this mixture of these rebelling Elohim that have come to be part of this uh, of uh, God's creation. And to take part in God's creation. And to thwart God's creation from what it was intended to do. So God has come in. And he's, he's selected a people, <clears throat> and now they are going in, and through the power of God, they are cleansing the rebellion. So, uh, chapter 8, remembering the Lord your God. Chapter 9, not because of righteousness. Um, so... Uh, he's talking about uh, when he went up to the mountain, and he came down with the commandments... In the day of assembly, uh, and and how Moses didn't didn't drink while he was there, <clears throat> and uh, and and he came down and he destroyed the tablets because they were worshiping an idol. They were worshiping the golden calf. And then, uh, as we get into seventeen of chapter nineteen, is is that golden calf? He says, uh, so he was told to recut the tablets. Uh, build the Ark of the Covenant, recut the tablets, go up to the mountain. And then 17 says, So I took hold of the two tablets, and oh, this is where he threw them down and destroyed them. Then in chapter 10, he that's where he makes the new tablets. And he goes up and he says, uh, I, will, I will write on the tablets the words that were on the first tablet that you broke, and you shall put them in the Ark. <clears throat> so if they ever find the Ark of the Covenant, that's where the tablets are. Um, and it says, And he wrote on the tablets in the same writing as before the Ten Commandments that the Lord had spoken. In Hebrew, it actually says the Ten Words, but that's that's uh, maybe a parsing for another time. 
Um, then we get to the end of chapter 10. is talking about circumcising your heart. Circumcising your heart. And now Israel, what, what does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments and statutes of the Lord, which I have commanded you today, for your good. And so oftentimes people think, you know, all these rules, all these commandments, all these, God has put this stuff in his word, not so you can follow all these rules, but so that it'll keep you from harm. God's best is within the principles of his word. And yes, in the Old Testament, it was a law. They were rules. In the New Testament, these are principles and guidelines, and they're, the law is written on your heart. If you're chasing after God, if the Holy Spirit indwells you, he's leading you and guiding you. He's grieving when you go in the wrong direction. And sometimes we quench his power when we reject what God has for us, what God's best is. But these principles and guidelines that are throughout Scripture are for us. People think, you know, it's keeping me from having fun. No, he is enhancing your happiness by following his ways, his guidelines, his principles, because his ways are best. His ways are higher than our, our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We're not going to grasp all of it, but what he's given us, we can incorporate into our lives. Later on in 16, it says, Circumcise therefore the, the foreskin of your heart and be no longer stubborn. For the Lord your God is God of gods and the Lord of lords. The great, the mighty, and the awesome God is not partial and takes no bribe. <clears throat> Interesting portion of scripture. This God, God is the God of gods. Okay? So that's Elohim. Three times in a row, the same exact word in Hebrew used three times in a row. He is the God of gods, Elohim. It's it's this, this um, and I've shared this before, I, I learned this as this unique word for God. Uh, that's only used for for God because it's an it's it's a it's a plural word that is often used singularly, which really is cool and makes sense. And I understand that it how nicely it would fit with a triune God. The problem is is that it's not a it's not a, a unique word. It is the most generic word for God that there is. It can be used pl plurally, it can be used uh, singularly. <clears throat> but but it's like over 2000 times in the Old Testament. It's not unique. It's generic. It's like us using God with a small g and what 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 signifies signifies it or or makes it distinct from other uses from other gods is that there's always a quantifier or a clarifier that comes with it when it's talking about Yahweh, when it's talking about the creator God, the almighty God, the Yahweh, the I am. It's a, that's a unique use. And this in particular for the Lord, for Yahweh, your God, is God of gods, is the Elohim of Elohim. So other Elohim's are gods in a little sense, in a tiny sense, divine beings, but they're not Yahweh. They're not almighty God. They are created beings. 
and they are the ones leading us astray. They're the ones leading um, all of these other nations, the the Jebusites and the, Gerga, the, uh, the, the Girgashites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hivites, the Jebusites. These are the gods that are leading them astray. And so it's, 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 it, we need to understand that's what's happening. These are rebelling Elohim. These are rebelling divine beings that at the Tower of Babel, God cast them to the nations, and in a rebellion, they have been leading the nations away from God. And that has been going on since Babel, and it continues on to this day. <clears throat> the Lord's uh, chosen place of worship. And so now we come to 12, chapter 12 of Deuteronomy. Uh, he talks about uh, you surely, this is verse 2, you shall surely destroy all the places where the nations whom you shall, <clears throat> excuse me, the nations whom you shall dispose serve their gods on the high mountains and on the hills and under every green tree. You shall Tear down their altars and dash to pieces their pillars and burn their asherim with fire. You shall chop down the carved images of their gods and destroy their names, their name out of the place. Notice the places where they are. They're in the mountains, the high mountains, and the places where the where the uh, where the green trees are. So mountains and gardens, and this are sacred spaces, and they're trying to take over the sacred space. Counterfeit worship looks like true worship, but it's worshiping different gods. That's important to understand. Counterfeit worship looks like true worship or looks like the worship of a true God, of the true God, but it's worshiping a different God, a false God, a foreign God, a counterfeit God, a lesser God. It looks the same. It sounds the same. It may even be in the same places, in a temple, in a church. It may use all the same terminology, but it is still worshiping a false God. It is not worshiping Yahweh, the I Am, the Creator. And that's important to understand. We have all these cults that worship a different God than Yahweh, the Creator. And we need to understand that. And this is what this is telling us. Get rid of those things. Don't let them last. Point them out. We have lots of false religions that point to a different God. <clears throat> so warning against idolatry. Again, that's at the end of verse 12. And that you do not inquire about their gods, saying, how did these nations serve their gods? that I also may do the same. You shall not worship the Lord your God in that way for every abomin abominable thing that the Lord hates they have done for their gods. For they even burn their sons and daughters in the fire to their gods. So they do all kinds of things. And we come up on 14, and some of you may have picked up on this and thought I might, I might grab onto it. Well, here it is. You are the sons of the Lord your God. You shall not cut yourself or make any baldness on your forehead. Now, come on. What have I done? Any baldness on your forehead for the dead. That's the distinction there. Uh, 
baldness for the dead. You see, uh, some of you may be inquiring about why that's there because pagan burial rituals would would be uh, involved the cutting of hair and the cutting of your body and cutting of your parts and bleeding and uh, sacrifice of children and all of these things. And so these are the things that were going on and these are the things that God says don't do things the way they're doing them. Don't emulate them. Go through what I've told you, how to worship me, how to worship the true God, your creator. The next part of 14 comes into the tithes and how to give your tithes and when to give your tithes. And uh, that's the end of, of this particular portion of, of our reading today. It ends at 14. But th there is some, some cool stuff there as they come in the land. As they come into the land and God is, is they're coming confronted with the false worship. And we need to keep our eyes on this because Satan doesn't change a lot of his patterns. The enemy doesn't change a lot of the patterns. The false gods don't change a lot of their patterns. What they try to do is counterfeit. They try to counterfeit the one true, real creator, God, Yahweh, the God of gods, the Lord of lords. They try to counterfeit it to draw people away. And then we have Jehovah's Witnesses. We have Mormons. We have uh, uh, lots of other religions that say they're Christian, but they're truly not Christ-following. They're following a different God. They're following a different word. They're following an additional word. Any, any, any religion, any religion that says it's a Christian religion that adds a, a book to the Word of God or does not say that this is the Word of God, inerrant and in its entirety, you need to question that because God wouldn't give us a book that's, uh, that's filled with error. He wouldn't, he wouldn't do that. He wouldn't uh, provide, he wouldn't preserve it through, through time for us to have. Yes, there's translations, and yes, we can dig into that. But if you do your diligence, your due diligence into the Bible, into the Word of God, you understand what it is and that it is the Word of God. And it proves itself again and again and again. But if you just listen to the critics, then you're not really digging into that how this is the Word of God and the things that it says that add to the to the uh, to the validity of this being God's word. So look out for the counterfeits and uh, speak against it when you have the opportunity. Get in conversations with with those people as they uh, and, and we don't hate them. We don't want to. This isn't the Old Testament. We don't we don't destroy them. But what we do is we we speak the truth in love because God now in the under the new covenant has come and offered salvation freely to all mankind. And we are his ambassadors in this world. So New Testament Fridays next uh, tomorrow. And uh, keep reading. Keep drinking your coffee. And uh, we hope to see you soon. This was kind of a short episode. We only got 20 minutes. So, uh, hey, glad you joined us. And uh, as you can see, I'm facing a new direction in my office. I moved some things around. And you'll continue to see some, some changes. I'm trying to get organized and uncluttered. And uh, uh, trying, to, trying to clean out my mind. So... <laughs> 
room for more God stuff. All right. Here we go. Thanks for joining us. We hope to see you tomorrow for New Testament Friday. I got things to do. Bye. Yes, Arnold lets you know that he likes Bye-bye.